the Russo brothers, Chris Evans, Anna Dormis, and Ryan Gosling working on the movie is sure to be gold, right? Find out when we discuss The Gray Man. I'm Chad. And I'm Matt. This is episode 66 of We Used to Talk About This at Work. So right off the top of the show, we are welcoming back Jared. How you doing, brother? Hello, hello. I'm back again. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so before we get into it, I just want to remind the good people, if you haven't already, please rate our podcast on Spotify and also subscribe to our YouTube page. We're trying to do some things, guys, and we need your help for that. Also, yes, we've been uh, more active on Twitter. So check us out on Twitter. A lot of engagement going on. We're going to be start doing a lot more engagement on YouTube and things. So, yeah, please check us out. We, we have a growing number of followers on Twitter. We like to keep that going. Get in yeah. touch with the people. See what you guys like, what you don't like. <laughs> That's right. So, Jared, um, you recently saw uh, Jordan Peele's Nope without spoilers can you tell us not necessarily what it's about but just like your impressions of it um yeah so i did see it a couple days ago and i thought it was pretty good wait was that beeping on my end no that was my playstation i accidentally picked up my playstation (laughs) but yeah i saw it a couple days ago and i thought it was good um i think get out is still his his jordan peele's best movie still but i think this is his second best movie so i think it's solid did you like us it was all right i didn't love it i didn't think it was terrible but okay. it's just sort of in the okay range for me matt have you seen either uh jordan the the first either jordan pill's first two movies yes i have you got any thoughts i agree uh nope wasn't i mean not uh, us wasn't bad but i like I'll watch Get Out again, right now. I'll watch it again. Yeah, I wouldn't watch Us again. Mm. Um, so I've at at the time of this recording, I've only seen his first two movies. Um, next week I'll I'll talk about um, nope, <clears throat> lightly of course. Um, yeah, I agree. Like I feel like Get Out was really well written. Um it had many layers to it every scene could be looked at from multiple perspectives like just the specific lines that were said and with us um i remember i saw us with my cousin brie and i'm watching it i'm like okay this is fine i guess and then after we got out the movie she's all like ah yes um I totally saw the uh, the parallels to the prison, to the school to prison pipeline. And I was like, where? I, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. And so, like, I feel like Us is um, it's a competent movie, but it 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 a lot of of it wasn't as on the surface as Get Out. I'll say that. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> and so not everyone was prepared for that or, you know, is even trying to go see some shit like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
anyway um matt what have you been up to man um yeah um actually social media i've been doing a lot of social media and one thing i know we have been critical of kevin hart and the rock as far as their movies and things are concerned now um are you guys familiar with the tortilla challenge i yeah um that's um it's a tiktok thing right yes so this is where you um you drink water like you don't swallow but you hold it in your mouth and then you hit somebody with a tortilla you know like um you know mexican food and um the thing is you try not to spit it out am i I leaving anything out no, you're right. And whoever spits it out is uh, the loser. So I saw this clip like, you know, they're promoting the new um, Super Pets, Super Pets movie. Also, man, you, this... you got you to start putting these links in the outline. I've, I've, I've oh. seen what you're talking about. No, you're right. I apologize. I, I'm getting better step by step. Uh, but the thing is, is their chemistry offset is amazing. Like, I mean, not when I say offset, I mean, not in a movie like they are acting like I mean, not acting. They are like they best are. friends. Yeah, they're actually they're, they're like their actual friends. Their interactions are funny. It's hilarious. It's genuine. It's essentially it's like, like it's essentially like when Matt and I go on our press tours, like that chemistry is just vibrating off of us, you know, <laughs> Exactly. But hopefully they they never put us in a movie because when they're in a movie, I don't like them together in a movie. I mean, because they're like, they're going through the the motions of what they do. They are essentially the same person in everything that they are in, and that same person is just a version of themselves yeah, instead so, of them their their actual selves. So now, as as directors, how would you? get them to have that chemistry because that chemistry that they have off screen how would you do to get that chemistry on screen because like i love them together doing these press junkets they're hilarious and all this other stuff is genuine but then on the movies i'm just like eh, okay so how would you get that chemistry on on screen um that's a good question. I think it's like um, something that comes to my head is like really good on-screen chemistry between like, well, I guess it's it's not really a direct comparison, but like I think about Rush Hour, like Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, like, and I'm pretty sure like a ton of that is just Chris Tucker freestyling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like yeah. maybe you go that route of, of letting kind of kind of letting Kevin Hart do his thing and just let them kind of freestyle off of each other because if <clears throat> I do agree with you, like the chemistry off camera or, you know, when they're not in a movie or on set together is definitely better because it's more genuine and it's kind of free flowing. They're talking about each other. They're joking about each other. So like maybe you go that route where you put them in a role where it's like you it's not as structured, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, honestly, and I'm I'm sorry to not really answer this question, but I think that we are well past getting that from the two of them, especially together. Mm-hmm. like the rock is it is he not the most pay, highest paid actor in the world at this point right now yes right and like kevin hart is like pretty high up there as well 
like when you have people that high up in the mountaintops getting them to do what you want them to do is not really a thing like yes you're the director of this movie but they're the executive producer Uh true and so like the only way you're gonna get a real performance out of them is if you shooting a fucking indie movie for like 50k and they're basically working for nothing because you know they actually want to be there right so because I, in other I'm, I'm, I'm sorry right because i'm like in other stuff like um i haven't seen kevin hart do this yet but i i know the rock has done um like those karaoke shows or whatever you know where he lip syncs and it's like and i know the rock from wrestling where it's like that man oozes with charisma mm-hmm. so he's good kevin hart's funny doing st- like it's just i don't I don't know. I guess I should have thought about this more. I would have came up with a better idea. So, but it's just like, I loved every single, like I actually legit laughed out at their interactions together. One of the things where like a guy asked him, um, what song you think uh, the rock works out to And the Kevin Hart was like rain and man. And they had this whole back and forth <laughs> about rain and man. And I'm just like, put this somehow, put this in a movie or something. This is great content. Like I legit loved it. So like the next movie they're in, I'm going to be like this. And eh. That's what I'd rather just see them interact with each other somehow on a show. Maybe they do a thing where they're creating a the the premise is they're creating a movie, but the movie is just them interacting in the in they're the back scenes exagger- or whatever. Exaggerated versions of themselves. Right, right. Like right. uh what was that shitty Judd Apatow movie that um we didn't like? You gotta be more specific. I like the, I don't uh, like a the one set during the pandemic. Oh, oh, well, now, yeah, they oh, were had uh, to, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like basically, it's like about the pandemic, basically. Yeah, they was in COVID and yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly what time I still remember the name of it. Yeah. Something like that. Like, uh, I wouldn't say a farce, but it's like, it's a Hollywood movie about Hollywood. And, you know, yeah. Right. But speaking of movies, though, I don't know if I told you this. I, when I went to go see Thor Love and Thunder, I had an amazing idea. Now, what about if instead of popcorn, movies gave you a bucket or I cross-referenced this with some people at work. They didn't agree with bucket. The word we came up with was trough. A trough of <laughs> a, a trough of French fries. So instead of popcorn, you had a trough of French fries. That's and a lot more unhealthy. Oh, I'm not here to keep y'all healthy. I'm just thinking, I think French fries instead of popcorn would be so much better. So then now let's elaborate on the thing. That's also more expensive. You can have just regular French fries. You can have put a carne asada on them. You can put uh, cheese and jalapenos on there. You can have different stuff. And uh, what's your guys thoughts about that? I would, I would, I would probably eat French fries at a theater. I won't lie. Yeah, but like my thing is also like there are some theaters that do something like that, like the dining type theaters, to where like uh, I'm not, I'm not sure what kind of theater you went to in Japan, Matt. But um, you know, you know, over here they've got the ones where you can get a burger or like and real fries, food. Yeah. So yeah. like I'm sure like somebody, some theater chain out there has like something like that but yeah but i mean you mean like as a replacement for popcorn you mean right like there's no more popcorn at, at, <laughs> at my theater 
Instead I mean, of popcorn, you're getting French fries. And I mean, we can get fancy. You might get waffle fries, curly fries. We can get fancy here. But I'm thinking, replace popcorn, and you get French fries now. Do you know how much potatoes cost versus popcorn kernels? I'm not. Man, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking like, about. I'm not talking about from a consumer standpoint. Well, I'm just talking about. I'm talking about. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I'm saying in general, as a customer, would you be like, if they were like, we don't, have, we're not selling popcorn, but you get a trough of French fries, would you be like, no, gross, I don't want that? Or would you be like, oh, I might like that. I mean, yeah, like maybe once or twice, but it's like that has been ingrained in our society for so long. But like, I'd be down for some fries every now and again, or if it's a day where like, oh man, it's been a busy day and I missed, you know, I didn't eat anything. So let me get some fries instead of popcorn. I'd be down. Yeah, I think the thing about popcorn is like, it's just so airy and it's kind of light and you can eat a lot of it without feeling full. So like, it's kind of like a a special theater thing where you eat popcorn, where it's like, it's kind of a mindless snack. You know what I mean? Where it's, you know, potatoes are kind of thick and and all of that. But I know what you mean. It's starchy. starchy. No, you're right. Because that's another thing I thought about. Yeah, with popcorn, you can eat it, be fine. If you eat the whole trough of uh, french fries you're especially get full. You're with stuff full. on it yeah right but, but yeah yeah I, I, mean, I eat i basically eat french fries every time i go to the movies though just so you know like i haven't gotten pop, i haven't ordered popcorn at a theater like i usually actually eat a meal when i go to the theater so yeah, like i plan my whole day out like i, I won't eat dinner and then I'll just plan my whole day. Like I'll eat a snack at like four and then I'll go to the movies at like seven and then I'll eat at the theater. So, and it's really nice theater. Yeah, you posted, you sent us a um, <clears throat> a screenshot. Uh, you, you went to a theater called Evo. Can you tell us about that yeah. movie theater? Yeah, it's like the nicest theater in San Antonio. So, well, you got Evo and then you got um, one. It's literally less than a mile right down the road. It's called... Um, uh, Santicos and like they're both basically the same thing they're both these huge entertainment complexes so they have arcade there they have bowling alleys they have like laser tag they have um like the VR games where you put the VR headset on and you like <clears throat> you have the guns where you can shoot and, and whatnot uh, Evo actually has like the full VR setup where you have the um, they call it an omni treadmill where it's Ooh. like a circular treadmill you put the vr headset on and you got the gun you can run around and like so it's like a full-fledged entertainment complex and the theater is like the um i mean they have normal normal theaters but even the normal theaters are like top of the line and then they have like the um the evx or is yeah the evx theater which is like the super super huge screen. it's like the imax equivalent and um so i'm looking at the menu here and some of like the food combinations are reminding me of like a Dave and Buster's, but they're yeah. like a ten. You get a ten dollar game card if you get this hamburger. Right, right. It's exactly like a Dave and Buster's, <laughs> like with a theater, basically. That's basically that's the that's a great comparison. Dave but that's and Buster's a, is exactly like what it is. But that's a smart idea because then you could plan your whole day like a Friday night, Saturday. Hey, let's go out here. We play some video games. We already at the theater. We ain't got to worry about running late. We can do all this stuff and be like, oh, damn, the movie starts at 10 minutes. All right, let's walk, let's just go over there. That's a smart exactly. idea. That's a good exactly. like date. Yeah, you're right. That's a good date spot. Yeah, it's it's huge, but like it's just a giant 
complex of entertainment, basically. And um, that's Evo and then Santigos is like the same thing. It's right down. It's literally on the same street. And it's the same exact thing, except, you know, with slight differences. But Evo is, I think, is better. Um, and it's like a full dining theater. You press the button, the waiters or, you know, yeah, the waiter comes out to your seat, takes your order, brings the food out to you and everything. And um, I basically eat dinner like every time I go to the movies. So it's pretty sweet. It, it's weird because at first I, I was like, when I first saw the dining theaters, it was when I, uh, it was really when I got back from Japan and um, I went to, I was visiting St. Louis and I went to one of the theaters on, um, I think it was like AM, one of the AMC theaters on Olive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, it was a dining theater and I was just, it, it didn't sit right with me that like somebody would come into the theaters, kind of stand up, take your order. Like I didn't like it, but like, the more I thought about it, I was like, it's fine. They're not really blocking a the movie. They're not really ruining it for me. I just kind of ignore them. So I got over it and like, it's fine to me now. I like it. It's, it's beautiful. Um, Going off that, when I was talking about the, I got McDonald's last night. Solely the purpose to research thing. I know we're doing a podcast today. So, you know, like they have the different seasonings that they have for popcorn, right? Something yeah. like this ranch and different stuff like that. Look at yeah, you makes- playing it up for our YouTube audience. Um, I'm sorry, right. podcast listeners, but um, Matt actually, you, you could actually see what Matt was holding up. Yeah, it's called Colonel Seasoning, Ranch Flavor, White Cheddar Flavor. So we had the McDonald's fries, put them on there, and I put this ranch season on there. Fucking fire. So this just uh, puts an exclamation point that my French fry idea could work. And then it started. So then, like, I got real deep into my head about this uh, new theater thing I'm about to shake up the world with. And I was like this. What do you guys feel about a theater that doesn't sell no food? But you can bring your own food in. Okay, so stop. Um, Mm. This question is for you, Matt. How do you think movie theaters make money? Well, I understand that. This is just hypothetical stuff. I'm just playing around. (laughs) But I'm saying as a... I'm not actually going to... But I'm saying as a business, that's that's their only that's their real source of income. Like they're not really making money off movies. Why are you trying to shoot down my dreams? I'm not I didn't I didn't uh, take I didn't talk to my accountant about this. I just <laughs> thought this up. <laughs> well, first of all, Matt, as you know, the listeners don't know that I am an accountant. So um, <laughs> right? you kind of right. are talking to yours about that. All right. <laughs> So, Jared, what you think? Can you would you like to go to a theater didn't sell food but allowed you to bring food in? No. Honestly, I don't. No, I, I would probably it wouldn't be as convenient for me because well, I wouldn't want to lug my food around into a theater. But also, like, you wouldn't want to you, you wouldn't want to the try, theater, hop out at Chipotle real quick and then uh, roll on in. What if you're in the theater weird. trying to watch, you know, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 17 and somebody comes in there with this gross ass thing with onions that's just smelling up the whole theater? Well, I didn't think about that one. I thought about, uh, you know, people going to be people. So I was like, you will have somebody cracking crab legs or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so then I was it's like, right, no. I was like, no, no shellfish is going to be allowed. But then, you know, you probably got somebody trying to heat up some fish. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. They, they go to the uh, the person like, hey, um, in, in that uh, where you heat up the popcorn, can you heat up this, uh, right, right, this, this right. plate for me real put quick? This in there for yeah, me. Th- yeah. Right. Put this tilapia in here real quick. <laughs> <laughs> OK, but, well, I mean, it's, it's a not like, yeah, there are times where I'm like, man, I'm hungry. Why can't I just bring this burger up in here instead of, you know, 
following the rules. So well, if, you no, brought I, a, I, if you brought a burger, the fries would already be there. If not, we're running the running the joint. Uh-huh. So <laughs> hey, you can be like, hey, I got I'm bringing these fries in here. Just put this sauce on top of it, and we'd be good to go. <laughs> a literal sauce on the side, huh? On Wrestle Talk this week, uh Vince McMahon of the WWE retired. Yep. Chad, are you do you know who Vince McMahon is? I, I am aware of who Vince McMahon is. Also, you sent this in this article in a group chat that I'm in with you. Oh, I didn't send that. The no. other person did. Okay. Well, never mind. But yes, I'm aware. That's how I first found out about it. But yeah, like I've sent that Vince McMahon gif of him falling over in the chair so many times. Right. <laughs> so he retires 77. Now it's not the reason why he or it's not he just retired. It's the reason why he tired. So he's retired because the Wall Street Journal Wall Street Journal posted that basically over years he has been paying, he's been having um basically he's been getting sexual favors from his employees. Mm-hmm. Now, WWE is a public traded company. So if this was a regular company. Uh, it might not be a thing because uh, he's because also sorry, he's been paying these women millions of dollars, basically hush money. Right. But since since they're a public traded company, the board has been looking into all this stuff to where um, they hired a woman and she was making something like one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. And uh, she got into a relationship with Vince McMahon and then Vince McMahon passed her to his boy. John Laurinaitis, who actually he's a he was a head of talent relations, and basically she she didn't want to do have the relationship. Or let me take that back. Let me take that back. She got in a relationship with Vince McMahon. She was making one hundred twenty like one hundred twenty thousand dollars initially. They bumped her up to something crazy, like she was making three hundred thousand dollars after the relationship. Everything was fine, but then he stopped messing with her. Passed her to his boy, who was the head of talent relations. She uh, didn't want to do anything more. And that's where the she paid paid them like hush money stuff. So that's where they're investigating all this stuff. And basically, because if you would ask me as a wrestler fan, do I think Vince McMahon would ever retire? No, he would have died in that seat. So now this ushers yeah. in a new because, you know, with a TV show, you have a show, uh, not a showrunner, uh, the person in charge of the show, you know, the throughout showrunner. time. Showrunner. <laughs> oh, OK, that is called showrunner. OK, good. Yeah. So but, you know, showrunners change. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon has go ahead Chad no I mean sometimes you don't want him to <laughs> right but the showrunner for WWE has been Vince McMahon since the 80s, 80s? 70s yeah. 70s right so like when and like we there's been former writers from WWE to where they're not writing to just write a great story for these characters they're writing because Vince McMahon is in charge Vince McMahon has a sense of humor for this, sense of humor for that, blah, blah, blah. So they've been basically writing for a person of one. So now what the big thing going on is, how is WWE going to look going forward where now, hopefully that without that showrunner, now you're going to have somebody else because, you know, they've been writing for a 70-year-old man for all these years. So with young blood, because right now, Stephanie, his daughter, Stephanie McMahon is the co-CEO right now. No, I mean, the company. They, they got to drain the swamp, man. Who knows? But this is a new day that hasn't happened in 40 plus years of somebody being in charge of WWE. 
So speaking as someone that doesn't really follow wrestling, but I've heard things about Vince McMahon. Like um, I listened to like an interview with Freddie French Jr. When he's talking about when he worked for, uh, uh, does he still work for no? Not anymore. He used to be part of creative. Yeah. Freddie Prince. Okay. When he used to work there and he was just like, is like talking to a wall on some issues because like, he's like, it has to be this way, this old school way. This is like vaudeville guys. And like, you got like 20 year olds, like what the fuck is vaudeville? Right. And so right. like, and yeah, that's... like I agree. Like he, he, he should not have, he should not still be running the ship. Well, even if he was, my whole thing was if he could still be the CEO, he just can't, he shouldn't be in charge of creatives. That's what, that's the part that's thing is you can't have a one person army for the whole plot of the show, especially when, you know, WWE is a thing, what they call it, sports entertainment. You're going to have comedy, you're going to have action, blah, blah, blah. And they're writing it for like their comedy is based off a 70 year old man. Right. <clears throat> but what he, like- he finds funny. But also, we, we genuinely cannot overlook the sexual misconduct. 100%. Right. And that's another thing that gets me is to like right now you have all these different wrestlers. Oh, thank you so much, Vince McMahon. Uh, if it wasn't for me, I would have a job. And it's like, I understand that without this man, you wouldn't have a job. Without this man, my the relationship that I had with my my birth father wouldn't, wouldn't have been the same because we bonded over wrestling. Under, two things could be true at the same time. But also acknowledge that he has he has multiple accusations of of misconduct to where I don't need to go out and praise this man that he retired because when you retire to me that doesn't really seem like a praise when you retire you did your job after x amount of years thank you for your service the company could thank you but like the, the employees are saying without this man I like I don't like that especially because of the misconduct stuff you're thanking right. this man even though yeah. right now you know. He has sexual misconduct stuff with him. How many? That just sounds how crazy. many women's lives has he ruined? And you are like, thank you, sir. Right. Yeah, it doesn't feel good to thank right. him after something like this happens. Especially, especially when it'd be different if we didn't know this. We know this, and we've known this for about a month and a half now about this stuff going on. And not so, even just that for you guys to do. Not that. even just that, the public. How many of these motherfuckers that's been thanking him for like the opportunities that have been just th- that know? Because like yeah. you know, like you work at a place long enough, you know who's messing around with who. You know this. Yeah. You hear stories about things. You're like, oh, why is Susan? Why? Oh, I like Susan. Where's Susan? Oh, she had she had to leave because well, you know, you know Vince. So it's like right. you y'all know what the fuck is up. Right. right. And actually, like you said, they know more than we do for for them to be out thanking this man like that, especially with this time. It's just it's just wild to me. I mean, don't get me started. I mean, this could be also, a good thing. It could be a good thing for uh, WWE. Maybe we'll see some. I mean, well, full disclosure, I haven't followed wrestling like closely since like. I don't know, early 2000s, so. I haven't been keeping track, but I mean, I, I know a little bit about what's going on with this and I've loosely seen everything that's happening, but I mean, the, Vince is, is super old. So get some young guns in there. Do they, do, I think they said, are they bringing Triple H back? It's Triple H about yeah. to play a bigger role. How old so. is Triple H? <laughs> Triple H is not a spring chicken either. So like, Tri- that's Triple the H fucking is probably, problem. But he's younger, Tri- I'm saying. 
And maybe right. he's, he's in his he's late 40s, early the, 50s. And he, he was in the business, so maybe he has a, you know, he probably has a better understanding of what the fans want to see now. And that is true because Triple H, true when Triple H took over NXT, and he was like, because you had Ross down the main roster, Vince was the end-all, be-all for that. And Triple H took over NXT, he was end-all, be-all. And NXT blew up. They took a lot of indie talent that was popular in the things, brought them into the NXT, made them stars like Seth Rollins, as you might know, uh, Dean Ambrose. Like they had different stuff, right? And he made this this big thing. And then um, recently, like come also, basically Triple H had a heart attack and almost died. And they took him off. And then once he left. That's when Vince McMahon came in and changed all of NXT. Like they got rid of the, basically all the guys that Triple H brought in. They got rid of guys, got new stars. They revamped it. They call it NXT 2.0 now. And now Triple H is back now because of all of this stuff. So now hopefully it can get back to what it was. So like a lot of those stars that Triple H made in NXT, they're on AEW now. Like um, Adam Cole's on there. Um, like different different stars that's out there. So uh, people have a lot more faith that Triple H is, because Triple H gave the fans what they wanted. So they have made faith that Triple H is going to do that again now. Okay. Well, I mean, I hope that um, things, you know, take a turn for the better going forward in uh, WWE. Because uh, I would love, I can't wait. One of the first things, first year I'm back. WrestleMania, me and you are going to sit down and watch WrestleMania. I don't know how I want to do this, if I want to do, tweet it out or if we have a video, but I would like to see as somebody who does not watch wrestling, you're not going to know <laughs> who these people are. So I, w- I just want to see in real time your reaction. Like, why does this person look like that? Or what is this gimmick? I just want to see that and record it somehow. Okay, so we can, why don't we just stream it to something? YouTube right. or, or Twitch. It's like you. It's like a reaction video to to right. non right. non wrestling fan reacts to <laughs> WrestleMania. And basically. then like, and then I'll edit the the clips. <laughs> right. But speaking of wrestling, I was over at my wife's parents' house, and um, do you have video? Of... Oh, uh, no. But we. I, I'll do it again. I'll okay. do it again. Uh, so uh, he's the one who got me my katanas and stuff like that I have in my house. And I was like, hey, yeah, my father-in-law, sorry. And I was like, hey, do you guys have a kendo stick? And he was like, he'll look for one. So I was over there yesterday and his father <laughs> gave me a, ken- a kendo stick. Ooh. So I was like, oh. So I was like, of course, I need somebody to hit me with this. And the yes, reason sir. why is... I have I've watched enough wrestling and you know you always want to know does that stuff really hurt? So of course I was like, hey wife, hit me with this in my back. And at first she was giving me these little love taps, and I was like, nah, lay into me. And then she gave me a swing, and I was like, ah, okay. But so then the- hold out. So is this um something that you learned from um how to build a sex room last week? <laughs> Now that you mention it, I could add it to the repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it, it, it didn't hurt enough. To, it ex- actually, yes, it, it hurt, but it kind of excited me. 
maybe I'm into this thing and I didn't know. Maybe this opened up something for me. Open up your third eye. Right. So it hurt, but it didn't hurt enough to where like I'm laying on the ground. So then um, the wife looked at my back and I had a whelp on my back. And I was like, oh, so to answer your questions, kids out there, kendo sticks do hurt. This is not a drill. Yes, this is not fake. Don't ever use the F word when you're talking about pro wrestling. But uh, so I will have this Kindle stick. And once I get back to stateside, I'll be sure to hit Chad with it. Mm-hmm. Content. OK. Open up your third eye, my brother. I, I just said content. content. OK, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then we can we can throw some chairs in here, too. You want to hit get hit with a chair? No, absolutely not. <laughs> you want to go through You want to go through a table? No, I, you, someone can hit me with the kendo stick, not, <laughs> not you. <laughs> Shit. But speaking, but speaking of chairs, Shad, what's going on with the Paul Bears Club? Oh, that's not a good transition at all, Matt. But um, it this is a <laughs> book that I read. I've, I've been reading like the last two weeks. It's uh by um Paul Tremblay, and um the description labeled it as like a um kind of like a horror psychological thriller type book but that the description is is actually lying to you so um the book is basically uh it's a memoir that um as you're reading it um someone is like editing not editing it but somebody's reading it with you and so you're reading stuff and then they'll make comments like that's not how it happened and um, basically in high school, this guy, he started something called the Paul Bears Club to be like Paul Bears at funerals where like it's like a homeless person or like a person that didn't have a lot of family. And he did wow. that so that, um, you know, it looked good on the college um, transcript. And the Paul Bears Club only plays a factor into like the very beginning of the book because he ends up meeting this woman that signs up for it named mercy and they kind of weave in and out of each other's lives and mercy is the one reading the book saying hey um i didn't say that or like how can you say i said that like this you're not writing a memoir you're writing a novel because like like in the book he's like accusing her of like um being like a demon and stuff and like she's talking about things from other perspectives like i remember that night like we both smoked weed but and what you wrote you said that only I smoked weed and so like the guy it's clear like the guy had a lot of like issues like with substance abuse so like there's another time he they reconnected like when they were adults and um she noticed like there were pill bottles in his jacket but like he's saying that he he fell asleep at her place and like the um the um the dresser drawer was like levitating and shit but you know he's high as like goddamn. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like I didn't like the book mostly because it's like there are like those supernatural elements were like sparsely in the book and like that's what kind of, that's what the description's trying to hook you on. Uh-huh. And yeah, I just really wasn't feeling it. So like I would say skip the Paul Bearers Club. Um Yeah, I do, do do you think it would be better if it was like a TV show? You think they can make it work better with a TV show? No. Well, name first off, name it something else. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. 
not really because it's like it's just basically the guy's life from like high school until like his later age where like things didn't work out and he had to move back home with his mom and he had to watch her die from cancer Mm -hmm. so it's like it's just basically like a just a normal drama Mm -hmm. well not even drama just like a normal slice of life type situation with these elements that he's saying are supernatural but like she's explaining like he's he's had he's has a history of substance abuse so it's like an unreliable gotcha. narrator thing, but it's like debunked right after, like with yeah, with, with the okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. So, Actually, that could be a comedy though, or not this story, but that type of thing <laughs> could be a comedy where somebody's like, "Oh yeah, I did this, this, and this," and you're like, "Motherfucker, that's not how it happened." Right. Like every time he tried to do something, you could do something with that, yeah. Um, I also watched the animated movie Green Lantern: Beware My Power. Did you did you see it? Um. Jared. I have not seen it, but I, I know of it. I've watched the trailer and everything. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So this one, um, it follows John Stewart, and this is just like his not necessarily like comic book accurate origin, but like this is a story of John Stewart first getting his ring. And <clears throat> I didn't like I didn't care for this either. Um uh, I, I felt like as a story they did too much. Like, um, I'm not gonna specifically say what it is. But like there's a very infamous John, not John Stewart, um, Hal Jordan storyline that they crammed in here at the last minute. There was some stuff about how like um the uh what do you call those guys? The um the blue guys that give you the rings. Um the Guardians, is that what they're called? The, the little a, blue people that are on the Green Lantern planet. Okay. Sure. Um, basically, basically, like there, like there were some elements in here where, like, you know, a whole bunch of Green Lanterns were killed, and it's just like they were trying to do too much and not enough at the same time. And like they, like introduced like members of the Justice League that were only in one scene of the movie, and it's like, why are you here? Like they were just doing too much so i wouldn't recommend that either uh i caught where the crawdads sing in the movie theater last night and this is an adaptation of a um pretty popular book <clears throat> i would say I'm, i've not read the book but i'm saying as someone that watches movies um and you know you can kind of tell like how stories go I can tell that this is not a good adaptation of the book. Like 80% of the movie is told in flashback with narration. Mm. And like that, Mm. the narration alone is a big no-no for any storytelling outside of a book. And like, I hate saying this, but I feel like this should have been a TV show because like the insane thing is like, there's a woman that has grown up in like the, um, in the, uh, the marsh. Thank you so much. In the marsh. And so like the, the the people in the nearest town call her the marsh girl. And a man is killed. And like the evidence looks like it's she did it. And so like you have your you have your situation right here. This is this should be a courtroom drama. And each witness you call up, that is how you introduce the flashbacks to like tell stories. Right. But they don't do that. Like she'll just be in, you know, they'll be in court and she'll just be drawing. Why, like, you know, the lawyer's talking about stuff 
and then they'll just do a like a, a 15 minute um flashback to like when she was like 15 yeah and it's like what what, what are we mm-hmm. doing here this doesn't this doesn't connect to what was happening in the courtroom just now so yeah um the, i mean i hate saying this but it should have been a tv show and where they had some room to breathe and like could have you know told more of the story <clears throat> so don't why, check that why, out why do you hate to say that though because like that's what we say so much these days with movies where we feel like it should have oh, been a tv yeah yeah and it's like honestly like and a vice lot of versa and vice versa I, like, I, I i was just saying like i think the obi-wan show could have been better as a tv as a movie like, no i mean i'll agree with you on that uh yeah but it's just like we we gotta stop saying that just because people out here fucking up adaptations <laughs> just be like try again bro uh, we'll get in we'll get into people <laughs> fucking up adaptations again later too <laughs> <laughs> so um my last thing is um matt and i played a video game and it's been a really long time since we played a game together not together but like around the same time yeah yeah like i remember um one of the things that we really bonded over was uh when we both were playing red dead redemption at the same time and i was like the second one second one yeah and i was like oh yeah i'm in this town and i found this that and the other he's like oh well i'm in the mountains and i got this that (laughs) and the other like that that was a lot of fun (laughs) But um, yeah, so I, I beat the game. I think I played it for like maybe two or three days. Um, And at, when I first started playing, I was like, this is really cool. And I was like, oh, man, my daughter's going to love watching me play this. And so like I played a little bit of it in front of her. And she was like, oh, OK, dog. And I was like, no, baby, that's a cat. <laughs> dog <laughs> and so like she was sitting on my lap and she grabbed the controller from me i'm like all right you want to play and then she's like no actually i don't just handed me the controller back and walked got down and walked away so she's not <laughs> she's not a cat girl okay but um overall i really like the game um did you beat it yet yes okay i really like the game i it had a decent ending but I would have liked more levels. I'm not saying I wanted more things to happen after we got to the end. I would have liked more things to happen before we got to the end. But I really enjoyed the game. Yes, I really enjoyed the game. The ending was kind of anticlimactic because uh, synopsis, without doing spoilers, synopsis, basically, you're a cat. You're with a group of, I assume, your family. Well, hold up. This is a post-apocalyptic Earth where humans have died and robots have taken over. That is very apparent. That. that is very apparent from the beginning. <laughs> of the... Well, no, I'm saying you start <laughs> off as your family, a cat, and just, and then you learn about the stuff later on. But yeah, so the point is the cat want to get back to his family of cats. But then at the end, he doesn't get back with the family of cats. So that's where I was like, oh, so he's just, we did all of this. We saved all of this stuff with these robots and things like that. And then I thought like, once we leave, he's going to meet up there and just magically, there's going to be his cat buddies over there. He just walks out and he's just by himself. And I was like, well, I thought this whole point was for him to get back with his friends. Maybe that's the secret ending. Maybe if we got 100% on the game, that, that was the real ending. <laughs> uh, yeah. How, how much... Uh, so you just played without looking at anything, right? You just played it through? Uh, there was some part. There was like one part where I was like, I do not know 
what to do. And then when I looked at it, I was like, oh, I feel stupid. Was it like well, one we'll of the puzzle. puzzles? Because I know it's like kind of like puzzles mixed yeah, in there. We'll pu- yeah, what, what puzzle was it? Uh, well, I guess we should say that. Let me take that back. So you basically, you play as a cat. You're just a cat. You jump on things, you meow, you knock things off. So, right. And then you're like a cat, so you can move like barrels. Like one point he gets his head stuck in bas- um, a paper bag. So, uh, like, it's funny because when I told my son, I started playing it. He was like, uh, I was like, yeah, it's a cat game. He's like, can the cat fly? I was what? like, no, he's just a cat. He Why was like, can, the, can, can he's like, can a sh- cat shoot lasers or guns or anything? I'm like, no, it's just a cat. So he was like, wait, what does a cat do? And I'm like, it's just a cat. And, and that reminded me of the Rick and Morty pickle episode where he was like, he's like, can the pickle fly? He's like, I wouldn't be a good pickle if I did. So he just couldn't understand that I'm playing a game that's just about a cat. <laughs> that's funny. Um, it was the part where you had to get um, the jacket and the um, hat. And I couldn't. Hmm. It didn't connect to me what I needed to do to get the jacket. Like I knew where to get the jacket from, but I didn't know how to trigger making the person leave. You know me. It was a uh, uh, the hat part. Mm. The hat part was. I mean, I got the I got the um, the guy to leave to do it, but it was the hat part where I couldn't figure out about getting in there, getting in that room and stuff. That's the part I had to look up. I gotcha. But yeah, overall, great game. Uh, I didn't know with the robots and everything else like that, how they were going to do it. I thought it was going to be a game of me playing as a cat in an alley. But I really enjoy what they do. And I know it's short, but it was only, what, $23, $24 or whatever, unless you had PlayStation Plus, then you could have got it for free. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah. If you haven't played Stray, go ahead, check it out. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Short, because I got it on Friday, and I beat it on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, I got it Tuesday, and I think I beat it Thursday also, Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, uh, they're doing good things. I enjoyed it. So yeah, Jed, if you haven't checked it out, nice yeah, I mean, easy game. It, uh, it's fun. It's funny playing as a cat. It's good. It looked it looked cool. Like I, I saw it when it. I think it uh, the trailer for it came out either last year or a couple years ago, and I remember seeing it and I was just like, it looks interesting. Like you, uh-huh. it's a game where you play as a cat. You know what I'm saying? I'm always down for a good, cool, like sort of indie game. So. I do have right. PlayStation Plus, so I might download it, but so especially yeah. if it's short, because I don't have a lot of time. So yeah, um, like I do like games like this where like they're short. Like you know, like okay, at most this is a two day commitment. Yeah, right. And the good thing for some reason, the wife that normally doesn't like me to play certain games. She had fun watching me play Red Dead Redemption, but mm-hmm. uh, other games she doesn't. But she really liked watching me play this game. Like she was like at points where like I would die and the cat would just fall over. She'd be so worried about the cat or even at the, or even at the beginning, you know, when uh, the cutscenes where he first loses his family, how he falls yeah, down yeah. and then he wakes up and he's limping. My wife was like, Oh my God, he's limping. She was really into it. That's funny. <laughs> Are either of you guys cat people in real life? No, no, Wait. I am. Wait a minute. 
uh, I, yeah, might I, have to, I might have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed pretty, you were quick to say no to that. So right. <laughs> I'm not a pet person, honestly. Yeah, I had three cats at one point. It was rough. Mm-hmm. You're, you're at one time? Man, huh? It was rough. Yeah. Well, it was because at the time, my wife, this was a while ago, my wife was like, I want to have a baby. And I was like, I'm not having a baby. So I just kept getting cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's like a baby. Another cat. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it was like a distraction technique. So, right. But it's funny because that's cats are fine. I don't, I don't mind cats. <laughs> that's the reason why we got our first dog where. She was like, I want a baby, and I and I wasn't, and I wasn't deploying, and I was like, just get a dog. So the first dog we got was because she needed something to occupy her time and everything, mm-hmm. and then yeah. we got another dog because I was deployed and we couldn't get anything. So we got another dog after that. So yeah, see, yeah. And then you once once my son was born, I know she had her tie <laughs> full. She couldn't handle a dog anymore. Yeah, like we all, <laughs> we down to one dog now. So yeah, it's all good. Got rid yeah, of all those cats huh? a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> But when I did the last cat that I did get, uh, it, he was all black, and uh, I named him Batman. So that's cool. <laughs> Bit of an oxymoron, but all right. <laughs> all right. My so... dream. Or before we get, no, my dream pet is always I want a pet with, don't care what color it is, but it needs to be all one color. His paws to be white. And his name is going to be Sneakers. I've had this name since high school <laughs> that I've been waiting for this pet. I have not had this pet, but I'm still looking. All white, Paul's white, or all one color, Paul's white, and his name going to be Sneakers. That's what I'm looking for. So if anybody has any pets to adopt in Japan, in the Nagasaki prefecture, let me know. If I liked cats, I would want like a uh, an orange one, and I would name on Cher Khan, you know, from um, Jungle Book. The Jungle Book, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a tabby cat. That's what the, the orange ones are. Okay. Yeah. This week we discuss the Gray Man. They have something they really want. What's your gut? It's gonna be my funeral. You're going to next. You want to make an omelet? You got to kill some people. You must be Lloyd. What gave it away? The trash dash. It just, it leans Lloyd. Easy. Six, a highly skilled assassin for the CIA is the agency's best merchant of death. When a mission goes bad, Six is on the run from the CIA with a sociopath named Lloyd Hansen hot on his trail. All right. So, Jared, this is your third, technically fourth rodeo. So you will not be going first. And Matt, I'm not going to give you the first um, chance to talk either because I really want to say this before you guys muddy up my, my what I feel like is a brilliant take on this movie. Mm. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I, I just want to lay out, lay out, lay this out, uh, you know, from the get-go. I didn't like this movie. But um, watching this movie, it felt like, this and I'm aware that this is a, 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 a series of books. This is why you're here, Jared, because you say you read the books. Yeah. But um, this feels like the gray man was like a TV show, like on like network TV or whatever. Right. And it ran for like, you know, five, six seasons and it got canceled. And then like a couple of years later after fans were like begging and pleading, they were like, okay, fine. We're going to give you guys a movie and this is going to wrap things up. So, but so much time has passed, you couldn't get everybody, right? So, like, you got Ryan Gosling. He was the star of the Gray Man TV show, right? 
And then you you got Billy Bob Thornton. He was the handler. And like uh, Afri Woodard, she was on a couple episodes. She was like an antagonist at one point, but then she was like their friend. And then you had to bring in new people since you couldn't bring in the regulars. Like that's where you get Anna DeArmas. Like she's the agent that comes in to help. And like you get a, a big actor like Chris Evans. He's the antagonist. And like you get some worm, like some up and coming British actor. Well, actors, because um, that woman is British too. She was on um, Iron Fist, but it's like it's like this just feels like we were dropped in the middle of a story. And I understand that this is based off a book, but w- what I'm trying to say is this is not a good adaptation of a book. There shouldn't have been that many flashbacks, and I don't know. It just felt like running the mill. Like I'm so tired of seeing shit where like the assassin has a code like i'm not saying that he should have killed that kid in the beginning but this is the inciting incident you've been murdering people for 12 years and there's never been a situation where there's there was a kid in the way and like i get he was trying to be like oh i got a different way of doing this but like that was so fucking messy like his alternate decision so i don't know like that's not stealth i i I don't know man it's just like why did Chris Evans out here kidnapping kids and shit. It's like, what the fuck are we doing, man? And you blowing up half a prog? I'm like, you, 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 you just, you just, you just getting so many eyes on the situation. And then it's like Bridgerton's like, you know, Chris Evans, he's the man for the job. Like, this man's crazy. He should have had a bullet in his fucking head a long time ago. What are we doing? I wasn't feeling this shit. I'm sorry. And also, it's like you could tell Chris Evans was having so much fun in this role. And I'm glad somebody was having fun because I wasn't having fun watching this shit. Why is this movie so goddamn long? long? But yeah, that's yeah, I'm sorry. Let let me let me sit down and let y'all talk. All right, so I'll go next. Now, before I start, I would like to say I enjoyed this movie. Now, I'm putting this out because I'm about to critique the shit out of it. But overall, I enjoyed this movie. So let's start with Chris Evans. They said that this is dude is a maniac and all this other shit and all this stuff about how bad he is. But really, besides hooking up the jumper cables to the guy's lips, pulling off two nails off of Billy Bob, he didn't do anything. He's nice in hand-to-hand combat, uh, but all the other stuff he paid other people to do. So I wish that he would have had more stuff to show how maniac and crazy he is and stuff like that. Um, uh, I did one thing I did love was uh Ryan Gosling's character, and I realized I like my spies or assassins. I like them to be emotionless, like a Jason Bourne type of thing, uh, where, you know, he's just getting beat up and he's just taking it and he goes about this way. I really enjoy that because, you know, well, in this story, his father, quote unquote, trained him for stuff like this. But I liked how nonchalant he was with all of the stuff, even getting beat up and everything. He's still talking nice where like at the end where she was like, you, after she shot him, she was like, uh, I did that to mobilize you. He was like, well, can I be immobilized over here to lean up against this rock? I like how it's not jokes for him. He's here to do a job and everything else like that. 
I I like that type. And the only thing I, I could thought of was a Jason Bourne type of character. Um, I didn't write Bridgerton. Bridgerton was a nice, sweet gentleman on that show. And now he's playing a whole different thing. And he's an asshole. And I don't like that. I know character. I know actors need jobs, but I didn't like that about him. But I feel like they didn't. Like the part you say you didn't like about having a cold. I agree with that. They all have codes. Now, he chose the wrong option of a messy one, but I guess he was like, fuck it. I got to have an option, and this is the best case, and he was like, I'm about to just start stabbing people. But I do like how he has a code because he ain't, or I was about to it's say the, the same fucking code. All these fucking assassin, assassin movies, it's the same goddamn code. <laughs> right, so it's not a surprise for you then. I was, like, we are like minutes into this fucking movie, and I'm like, you, we not we just we just gonna fucking check all the goddamn boxes. We checking the boxes. Assassin with a heart of gold. I kill I kill any and everybody, but not kids. I'm not saying he, I'm not saying I'm not saying he should have killed a kid. I'm just saying why do we have to do the same shit in all these fucking movies? Oh, remember, okay. Do you remember Jason no, Bourne? No. You remember the inciting incident of that, or why he lost his fucking memory? No, re, re, I, I don't remember. Really. In the what born happened? identity, he was sent on a mission to kill a drug lord or some shit like that on a boat, but he didn't do it because his kiss was there. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. So, you, I mean, you, you, you're tired of the run of mill. You want, like, if he would have just killed him, and I see what you're saying. You want something different. Not the check the box and stuff. I see what you're right. saying. Right. Um, but um, uh, I have some stuff written down. But uh, Jerry, you go ahead. What was your thoughts? Okay, don't go, don't go too much into books because I yeah, want yeah, you yeah. to talk specifically I got you. about. I got you. Yeah, so um, I I didn't love the movie. I didn't love it. I thought it was very um, very cliche. A lot of stuff that I've seen before, like you mentioned, Chad. Um, but the thing is, like, the uh, it's hard for me to judge this because I have read the books. It's hard for me to judge it. Um, not just because of the differences between this and the book, but because I've read all the books. So I read the first book in, I think, like 2016 or 2017. So when I think about the character, I don't think about it in terms of book one version of the character because so much has been developed since then in, all, in the other 10 books. 10 but books? Yes, yeah, 11 total. Or is the 11th one about to come out? either one is 10 or 11 I think the 11th one is about to come out but so a lot has I, so I know like I know a, a lot about the character that's not specific to just book one which is what this book was focused with this movie was focused on but regards to that this is not like anything special like if I if I hadn't read the books and I watched this movie and somebody said hey this is based on books this would not make me want to go read the books like not at all Whereas vice versa with the books, I would want to see a movie, which is why I was excited to watch this. But overall, I just thought it was pretty, pretty average, like in terms of like a spy type of a one man army sort of a military dude, spy military CIA dude. Like I didn't see anything really that was special. Set it apart. Yeah, I didn't see anything that was particularly great. And like outside of like the MCU stuff, the Russos, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, like Cherry. What the <laughs> fuck was y'all I doing? I have not been impressed. <laughs> I have not been impressed. And the crazy thing is, like, I think they have the like. 
I think they might have the best MCU movies. Like that's the crazy part. Like yeah, they need they need that MCU, they need that structure. Like they don't need yeah. to be able to do what the fuck they want to do. Yeah, because here I thought and and um a lot of this stuff does happen in a book, um but it's different. Like here when you see when you see him doing things, it's just like he's just a regular super spy type of a dude. But in a book, it's like since you're and this is the, and this goes for all books really. But like when you get the scene played out from the character's perspective, whereas like instead of you just seeing him pop up and shoot six dudes in the book, he might say, "Okay, he's at this angle. So if I move to this position, he won't be able to see me like it's it's much more intricate in the book. So it's not like you're just seeing a superhuman spy dude taking everybody out like in the book it's more uh, nuanced and like you get explanations of how he's able to be the gray man. I, so, I, well, I, now that you, now that you, I would yeah, say, now that you say that, I wish they would have done more with that, especially when he was, uh, when he fell through the trap door and you see him taking his shoestrings off. MacGyver and that the, shit. Right, yeah. right. I wish that's maybe directly he, from the book. That scene happens. So, so, well, I wish he would have done a narration to mm. explain to us what he's doing. Remember like, earlier, because, though, like that's messy, though. Like that's not a good use of um explaining things narratively in a movie though well i'm saying because like i i mean we understand he he went down there he did things so i guess from what you watching what did he do when he was in the water yeah i don't know what the fuck he did like he blew right, some so, up and yeah right he and then he pulled some like it would be good to know like he if what he did or more times or another time in a movie because that's the only time where he really finagled some shit to do something and like in the in uh, and not to go too crazy into the books but like that's the beauty of the books like because you get explanations and insight into how he's able to do all of this stuff instead of just where if you see it on screen you just see him do it yeah like in the books is more um it's first of all the tone is more like a boring movie like it's not this sort of i don't want to say wacky but this has sort of a I mean, like yeah, a, like, uh, like, like I said, sort of a like, like I said, like you could upbeat, tell, it's upbeat. you yeah. could tell Chris Evans was having fun. He was getting his fucking Bugs Bunny yeah. on. Chris, Chris Evans is amazing. <laughs> I was loving Chris <laughs> Evans, and his character in the book is is, sim- is very similar to this, but it's not as as you know amplified as he did it. But that's what th- that's the th- that's the difference. Like everything in this movie is just Hollywoodized and like taken to the extreme, like compared to. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the series like, but as I, a movie individually i thought it was yeah i'll give it like a six or a five i'll probably give it like a 5.5 i will say uh there's two parts that i thought were kind of well i thought that the way he escaped from that that hole was kind of cool like when he flooded it but i really like there's two bits that i, I thought were cool like when he was on top of that subway not subway that um that metro tram thingy and he was passing those those uh, buildings with all the glass, and he was looking at the reflection, the reflection to see what the dude was. I thought that was cool yeah. when he shot him. And I thought that was really cool, like in the end fight with Chris Evans, when uh, he got the knife away from him and he threw it up, and then Chris Evans just caught it and just stabbed him again. I was like, that's funny. Like that reflection thing, that's the type of stuff that he does in a book. Obviously. Right, right. I could see like I, I can like, see like that being yeah, yeah. It's like. Um, so for like just as, as an example, even though they did do it in a movie, like I feel like the entire movie was him just doing stuff where it was like 
he just seems like he's a superhero. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the books, it's like he is um he is a superhero. I mean, obviously, if he's like a super internet, like a like a, a super spy, like ten book in a ten book series, he he clearly does stuff that's you know fantastical. But it's done in a way where like you get the explanation and you get him um, uh, explaining it and thinking about it and thinking things through, and like he gets beat up. He takes a lot of damage um, in the series to where like. For example, after his uh, one of his encounters where he uh, es- escapes from the well, he um, he's like so injured that like he he breaks into like this uh, veterinarian. Um, oh, they did that. Uh, play, and... they, which it's, it's slightly different, but it's 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 like you know this it's it's adapted, so it's a little different. But like he's so tired from like fighting and traveling and not sleeping, like he takes methamphetamines like that. So it's like more realistic in the books. So like he, it's just, I I was just super disappointed. I would be disappointed if I watched this as a standalone movie and I was disappointed as a book fan. So, but I got to see how they are this. Everything you said reminds me of uh, Jack Reacher. Mm. So, uh, you know, they had the Tom Cruise movies, right? Yeah. Now I still haven't read the books, but then they had the show come on Prime. Was Prime. Prime. Yeah, Prime. Right. I fucking love the show Jack Reacher. So then I did research afterwards, and it was because the the Tom Cruise ones, you know, Hollywood shit, blah blah blah. But then the TV show Jack Reacher was more in tune into what the books were about. Where, like, so I guess maybe that's the same thing you're saying. So maybe, hey, fuck don't, it, take it like they it. did. Don't say it. I have to. It worked for Jack Reacher. Maybe you need a, a TV show of this. <laughs> well, I will say I have I read that Jack Reacher book, The Killing Floor, and it's uh-huh. very it's very close to um the show. Very close. Right. I mean, the time, the time I, is different, but it's very close. Yeah. And I wasn't a fan of the Tom Cruise one like that one, but watching a TV show, I am very like the character of him or the actor that did it and everything, like the way they did it. I'm in, I would like to see more of this. Yeah, they're getting a season two. Right, but okay, but here's the thing though, like this is a Netflix property, right? This yeah. could have been a TV show, but they chose been. not yeah. to do it. Right. Maybe well, they should it's a money thing. Okay, right. they, they had two hundred million dollars. Hey, I don't know, man. And I'm, like I'm so just... many, and like Chris Evans is no stranger to streaming shows. He was on the Apple show. Like yeah, uh, I watched that show. Um, yeah, defending Jacob. Uh, yeah, defending Jacob. That's right. Like so, no, like this could have been a show, but yeah. they chose this route. But then they crammed so many fucking flashbacks into it. Right, and so, I cut you off earlier, Jerry, when you're talking about Anna Darmus. Yes, and uh, we all are fans of her. Mm-hmm. But um, I said before we recorded, I really like this version or. It was a different version that I've normally seen her in. So uh, normally she's the sexy, sex appeal thing in different movies. To where I know they made uh, you guys suggested earlier they did make Bridgerton did make a quip about her, but I liked how her her character was not a sexy character. It was just a character. She wasn't a sexual object. Like yeah, at the end of the day, she didn't get she didn't hook up with uh, Ryan Gosling. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, I, I did see a, 
I was uh, Googling uh, The Gray Man to see when that book came out, because I read it in like 2016 or 2017, but it came out in 2009. But when I was um, Googling it to find that release date, um, I saw a review title and it said, Wokeness Kills the Gray Man. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> like, it happened in the movie. That... The, so they're saying the movie's woke or the book's woke? They're, no, they're saying the movie. Like, and I'm, the only thing I could think of was like her being like, don't you know get out of my personal space because i can't remember anything else that would be considered woke quote air quotes but then he also turns it around on her on her at the end so i don't know i didn't read the article i just thought the title was like what like maybe maybe it's it's too woke because women are shooting guns and defending themselves and they're Uh, they're 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 at the same level as men that's true that's true you're right so uh as somebody that's read the books is this movie is this movie one of the books like the the core story of like them trying to take out the program or is this like multiple parts of books or did Um, or is this none of the books but they added like elements yeah i know what you mean it's it's based on the first book but it's just it's a lot of stuff that's like in the book there's no um drive that the great man gets that um sends them after him like that's not in a book it's 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 a lot of stuff that happens in the movie that happens in the book but um, I would say it's it's about 50, 55%. Wait, this uh, is the first accurate. book? Yeah. What the but fuck are the rest of the books about then? <laughs> it's a whole long thing. It's like because he um he like goes on a run from the CIA and um he goes back to work for the CIA, but the way it's done is like it's hard to explain. It's a lot of it's a lot of series there. <laughs> But I'm telling you, the way that it's written is don't let the don't let the movie um, uh, uh, deter me from reading the book. Yeah, yeah. Don't let the movie like the books are nothing like this. I I felt I thought that this would have like been like the fifth or sixth book where like the first couple books is him doing missions and stuff. Like, well, like, it's, see, it's different because, like, okay, like, the first, like, the book starts with, like, him in Afghanistan. Like, he's in Afghanistan, and, like, he's, like, um, it's, like, it's it, there are moral dilemmas in the book. So, like, it starts with him, like, he sees, like, these American soldiers, like, under fire, but he can't intervene because, like, that's not his mission. Like, that type of a thing. So, he's, like, he's he's beholden to the agency he works for, but, like, he has a conscience at the same time so it's like he he sort of does his own thing and uh the tone is much more serious than they made it out to be in the movie like it's much more um grounded and like it's not as fantastical as this movie is and another thing is like just ryan gosling is not the gray man like i would never have cast him as the gray man i get it it's hollywood you need a lead man i mean they they wanted um um chris evans to chris play evans, him. yeah but he wanted to be the villain yeah but even so, okay Ev- after reading the books who yeah. in your mind who will, who will play the great man it would have to don't be say chris evans not chris evans it would have to be somebody that's just no, like a normal looking dude that's what the great man is like he so his persona is like nobody knows who he is but like certain circles know who he is so like he's the dude who can pull off like a, a job like nobody can do that alone but he can but you nobody knows who he is but like he has a reputation like oh shit that's the gray man like it's sort of like a john wick remember in the first john wick i was like oh like uh um, wait what no sort of has a, what the fuck a are you talking about jared who, who what actor would you cast what the fuck oh, are you talking God, about 
Uh, it would be somebody like, um, he would have to look like, not specifically this actor, but like Kyle Chandler, for example. Ooh. Like a regular looking oh. dude. Oh, you know what, what about what about uh Scott? Is this name Scott Glenn? Oh, fuck. Did you see uh Top Gun Maverick? Yeah. The dickhead. The uh hangman? Yes. Even he might be too good looking. But he's got that whole in that movie, yeah, but in other stuff he's in, he looks like a normal-ish dude. Yeah, you what, you, are, what you about are, Miles Teller? No. He's too he's too tall. So so the thing about the gray man is like he's just normal. So he can like he could go into a building and you could see him, but he's so average that you won't remember. Like that's how uh, he is. Gotcha. So good. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's how he's so good at being a super spy because he's just so bland, basically. Like you don't you don't remember anything about him. Nothing sticks out about him. He goes out of his way to make sure that you you wouldn't remember him, like that type of thing. So to get Ryan in. Gosling, a super tall dude, it's just like that's not the great man. But it's Hollywood. I get it. I typed in average looking actors, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they were like Seth Rogen, Beck Bennett, John Turturro, Turturro, yeah. Uh, but none, nobody young though. Jack Black, John C. Riley, William. Sorry, now they're just, yeah, don't, just don't like, uh, older people. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we transition? I don't know how this was two hundred million dollars. The cast. You got to tighten it up. Like, the cast. This, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> The cast and also Netflix doesn't know how to handle money. They they don't know how to uh, uh, negotiate. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they better get it together soon. Um, the yeah, Ari- Netflix just lost a uh, fifty. What they say, thirty two percent of subscribers this year. Yeah, like, do you remember uh, that Rick and Morty episode where it was the Ocean's Eleven episode? And uh, at mm-hmm. the end, yeah. uh, Morty is doing his pitch and he's fucking it up. And the Netflix executives like, "It's okay, it's okay. You're, we're gonna greenlight you. Keep going." <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> I just right, hope knives out two isn't trash like this. Well, not trash. That's too. Hard. But no, I know. I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping it's fun. I hope that there's there's speculation that they're going to give it like a real theatrical run. And I yeah. really hope that they do that. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Chris Evans can... Um, this is in general. Speaking of Chris Evans, do you think he can get away from Captain America to where people see him as a real... Uh, see him as different characters instead of just always seeing Captain America? Yes, but he can't do shit like this. And when I say shit like this, I mean, he needs to like do go back to indie shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But okay. yeah, like it works for most actors. Like, um, what's, what's Batman's name? Christian Bale? No, no. Netflix? No. Robert Benson? Yes. Like yeah. for the longest people were like, oh yeah, he's fucking shiny vampire. But then he was doing like Good Time and like The Lighthouse. And like he was just Metropolis and all that. digging into right, right. indie stuff to where it's like, yes, but also like, did did you see this man in The Lighthouse? Like he can fucking act. Yes. Right, right. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, Chris Evans is at a point, I feel like, where he doesn't need money. 
Yeah, I was just about to say that. It's just way it depends on if he wants to do that or not. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was happy he, being uh, known as just Captain America, dude, and he just hits up Netflix and gets his super big paydays for. Um, he was no. great in um, defending Jacob, and he's got a movie yeah. coming out on Apple with Scarlett Johansson and I think Anadarmus. Uh, I forget, but I've seen the set photos. Yeah, I know Anadarmus is in it for sure. And I think I that's the one with Scarlett Johansson. I'm definitely watching that. But yeah, um, what do you guys think the Rotten Tomatoes was on this movie? I would be shocked mm. if it's above 60. Uh, 45. 50%. Mm. Yeah, that's about what I would expect. All right. Um, trivia time. All right. <clears throat> the Gray Man's $200 million budget makes it the most expensive Netflix original movie tied with A, Red Notice, B, Six Underground, C, The Irishman, or D, Bright. Bright. I'm going to say Red Notice. All right, so Six Underground costs $150 million. Michael Bay? Yes. Michael Bay loves to blow stuff up. Yeah. Um, the Irishman, with all that de-aging technology, costs $160 million. Bright cost. That's the lowest, uh, right? Yeah. It costs $106 million. Uh, Red Notice also cost $200 million because you had The Rock, you had uh, Ryan Reynolds, and you also had Gail Gardot, as well as blowing up a lot of shit. Yeah. Right. And that movie was worse than this. I'm sorry. That movie was worse than this. Uh, I I, I think I was the only one that didn't like that movie on that episode, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in your boat because I was just like, what am I watching? That movie was, I didn't love it. Even though we was all talking about at the end of the day, The Rock was sweaty in the jungle with a fucking tan shirt, but you know, y'all, y'all was eating that shit up. So, but I, I'm wrong. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. He know, he know what his people like, even though we don't always like it. We accept it. <laughs> all right. Uh, do this trivia dump. Um, on Chris Evans's first day of filming, he accidentally hit Ryan Gosling in the face with a prop gun. And uh, also, I thought that was kind of funny, but also kind of dickish when he's like, who throws a loaded gun? Specifically with Anadarmus. It's like, y'all in the middle of a fucking chase. Why yeah. is that gun not loaded? Right. Right. Um, and then, um, Suzanne Brewster, that is, um, the agent lady that was working with Bridgerton, who's British in real life. Yeah, Jessica Henwick. Yes. Uh, she asked Lloyd Henson, Chris Evans, how can he consider such a messy situation a success? To which he replies, I consider success a success. There's a similar exchange in Avengers Endgame where Thanos asked Loki if he considers failure experience to which loki responds i can spit i consider experience experience that's hmm. all i got it's a little bit of a reach <laughs> that's a big reach that's definitely that's all i got okay <laughs> so i want to thank you for coming out and hanging out with us tonight jared it was fun um good times we talked for way too long tonight we always do. <laughs> but yeah, thanks, man. Oh, no um, problem. I love coming on the show. Appreciate you. Appreciate you.
Um, thank you so much for listening. Please rate, like, and review our podcast on your platform of choice. If you have any feedback, please email us at we used to talk pod at gmail.com. Like our Facebook page, we used to talk about this at work, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we used to talk pod. Come back next week when we do a classic review of Bedazzled. And maybe we're going to have a special guest or two. Maybe. Yeah, I don't really like to announce guests because things happen. But we're definitely reviewing Bedazzled next week. And like always, I don't know if this is a good episode. I don't know if it was a bad episode. But whatever you think about it, talk about it at work. Thank you for listening. <laughs>